Oh, hi. I didn't hear you come in. Shouldn't, shouldn't you be wearing pants? Uh, anyway, welcome to my podcast. I am your host, Jason Wilkins. I am a writer, musician, librarian, theatrical impresario, technophobia counselor, chocoholic, tunesmith, erstwhile redhead, and your friend without benefits. Now, what is this podcast about, you might ask? Well, it's about whatever has caught my attention recently, and since I am a lightly medicated member of the MTV generation, I have a lot of interests and a short attention span. That's why the show is called... Periodic Mood Swing. In this episode of PMS, you will learn a little bit about your humble host, and later we'll have an interview with Justin the Librarian, who instead of shushing the patrons, likes to give them video games and drum sets and say naughty words in African languages just to get their attention. Here we go. Now, as aforementioned, I am Jason Wilkins, and by accident of geography, I am coming to you from Portland. No, not the cool one, but the other Portland, the original, in southern Maine. You know the story of how Portlandia got its name? See, uh, back in the 19th century, these two fellows each held half the claim on some land in the Willamette River in Oregon. One was from Boston, Massachusetts, and the other was from Portland, Maine. Each guy wanted to name the city they were founding after his hometown, so they settled the question with two coin tosses out of three. So if the penny they flipped had come down the other way, that hipster haven out west would be called The Other Boston. Suck on that, hipsters. Nah, I don't really hate hipsters. How can I when I wear black glasses with retro frames and I listen to the magnetic fields and I have a freaking podcast? Speaking of which, why the hell do I have a podcast in the first place? Because I have been inspired, that's why. There are a great many people making cool podcasts out there these days, and I intend to pay tribute to my podcast inspirations. This week, I pay tribute to Felicia Day. This lissom lass took the typical path to success. She was homeschooled, studied opera and violin and ballet as a child, got a perfect score on her SATs, started college at 16, turned down a chance to go to Juilliard, got obsessed with video games, moved to Hollywood, got roles on things like Bring It On and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and finally took full control of her career by creating and writing and starring in a web series about gaming nerds called The Guild. Now she's got a podcasting network called Geek and Sundry, but why am I telling you this? Felicia Day is a queen of the internet, and you've probably been obsessed with her for years already. Lately, I've been enchanted by Felicia's video blog, which is called The Vlog. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Vlog. I'm Felicia Day, and this is my show, the Flog is a collection of things that I want to talk about, things I want to go out and do. Hopefully it amuses you, and if it doesn't, I'm still going to do it. You're not the boss of me. Hmm? I mean, you are, kind of. Anyway, the reason I wanted to do a show like this is because I like sharing things. So, I'm going to start out every week by linking things I like. Namely, five of my favorite things. I call it Fave Five. Hmm? Obvious namer is obvious. Oh, I am powerless to resist you, Ms. Day, and you are truly a podcast inspiration. If you don't already know about Felicia, you should go to geekandsundry.com right now. Just press pause. I'll wait. And now it's time for the meat in this podcasting sandwich, a sit-down with the coolest librarian you're likely to meet. 
and if you think that's faint praise, you don't know much about librarians. And really, you should be ashamed of yourself. Anyhow. Yes. Hello. Hello. We're here, invest- we're here talking to Justin the Librarian, a.k.a. Justin Henke, uh, who you can actually find at justinthelibrarian.com. He beat the world to that URL. We're in his office here at the library, which, where I'm surrounded by things you wouldn't necessarily associate with librarians, like video games and... What is that? A lot of manga, Japanese comic books. Interesting sculptures Interesting created sculptures, by teens. Interesting sculptures, yes. It's all kinds of stuff. Not exactly a uh, cardigan and a bun in the back of the head kind of thing going on nope. here. So you are a librarian, Justin, I take it. I am a librarian. I am. What yes. kind of librarian are you? I'm a teen librarian. A teen librarian? Yes. Why, why, why do teens need a librarian of their own? Um, they just need really somebody to hang out with. Yeah. Um, the librarian tag is just something that comes with the job, I guess. Uh-huh. But I'm more of a person who hangs out with teens for 37.5 hours a week. Wow. Yeah. That, that In some context, that would sound really creepy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Find out this one. <laughs> so, okay, so you're a librarian who hangs out with teens. But, like, aren't libraries dying, man? Aren't they unnecessary now that we have e-books and the Internet? Well, I guess one could argue that. But I'm going to say no because I've always seen the library as, like, more of a place where people come to connect mm-hmm. and uh, share things. Right. Um story I tell everybody is when I used to go to the library as a kid I used to go there for seven books on whales that they had and that was the only thing that I went there for like physical objects but I always loved to go and see they had this giant rabbit pen Mm -hmm. that was set up like a little town (laughs) so like the rabbits would run in and out of like this fake post office and that schoolhouse and to me like that was the best part of the library so that's sort of what I'm trying to do here in the teen library is um make it more of a cool place where neat things happen and you remember neat things mm-hmm. other than you get free stuff. Uh, well, that is pretty cool, though, getting free stuff. Free stuff, stuff is cool, yeah. yes. Have you tried to convince them to have a rabbit hutch here yet? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that would work here at this library. Well, that would draw a crowd. I think. It would. <laughs> so I take it you, you, uh, you, you let people borrow video games here. We do. Um... That started up right when I got here. Uh-huh. Uh, I've always been a big video gaming fan. I always tell people the first book I read was like The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> and they look at me and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, The Legend of Zelda, it's a story. I was fully immersed in it and I enjoyed it. And um, so I was always a big fan of video games. Uh, it was always sort of like a goal of mine to get video games in a library because it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can borrow stuff in a library. Why not borrow video games? Mm-hmm. Do you have any trouble convincing people that libraries should be handing out video games instead of, I don't know, more books? Um, I think maybe five years ago I had a little more trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because people weren't really, people hadn't really wrapped their heads around libraries borrowing expensive things. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a lot easier now. Like when I got here to this library, mm-hmm. it was pretty much this is what I'm going to do because I think it's a good idea, and they supported it. Um, so I think times have changed with... I mean, times changed with, like, graphic novels. Back mm-hmm. in the day, they were just comic books, and they weren't literature, but now everybody talks about them. Everybody reads them. Libraries have tons of them. And massive so vid- movies are made out of Massive them. movies. I mean, yeah, look at the Avengers and Batman coming out. Yeah. It's from comic books. And video games are just sort of the next step. One of... Yeah, one of the um, statistics I always like to pull out is, um, like, 
it, it has to do with Pokemon games. Like, an average Pokemon game has, like, 20,000 lines of text in it, which is, like, pretty ridiculous. And, um, I mean, that, that's just a lot of reading to do. And, uh, yeah, you think a lot of younger kids, like, you know, 6 to 12 are playing Pokemon. I mean, it's really geared toward that audience. Mm-hmm. And you just think they're just playing Pokemon and they're just throwing their Pokeballs and whatever. But they're actually doing a lot of reading and being involved in a story, which is pretty cool. And that's not even talking about, like, some of the games for Playstations, Xboxes, and stuff like that. These games have giant budgets for their development. They have, like, Hollywood-esque blockbuster movie stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like interactive movies. Yeah. These things look better than animated movies did 15 years ago. I I always remember there was a game out in the 90s. Um, There was a game out in the 90s, and uh, it was called Apocalypse, I believe, and it starred Bruce Willis. (laughs) And he was seriously the guy you played. He played a character, and you controlled Bruce Willis. And that's that's the moment where I was like, oh, my, okay, things are changing. Okay, so if you think that libraries aren't doomed yet, yes, but uh, do you, how how do we keep them from being doomed? I think we get our community to make things. Mm-hmm. Um, we become less about uh, like we're sort of these places now that has cool stuff on our shelves and people take it and consume it and bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we'll probably still be doing that for quite a while, but I think. One of the things we need to do is bring people in to, and teach them skills, teach them how to like write a book, mm-hmm. how to put something together, that kind of thing. Really give them knowledge, and then they can take it out into the world and do whatever they want. Um, you know, maybe they'll just come to a library and go, "Oh, I learned how to you know play guitar at the library," and then they'll just go home and tinker with guitar for the rest of their lives. Or maybe they'll become a musician. Who knows? But mm-hmm. yeah. Everything involving the public sphere is having its budget slashed, mm-hmm. especially these days. How do you convince the powers that be that, that libraries should go on existing, much less doing these new interesting things? It seems like we're always blaming things on the economy, like the economy's bad and blah, 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 so we have to cut budgets and everything. But to me, it seems like to get everything better, mm-hmm. we sort of need to focus very locally on the people that live in our community. Mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, help them, teach them skills, do whatever it takes, like, just talking to them. And from that, I mean, we probably won't see the benefits in the short term, but I feel like the long-term benefits will help improve, like, the local economy. Okay. That's a, that's a little bit twisted and convoluted way of saying it, but... Well, I, I see when librarians have to make this case in front of city, mm-hmm. city councils and stuff, they say, look at the value we give you for your dollar. Yeah. Which yeah. is difficult to quantify. And they put library value calculators on their website. Right. I don't know if you've seen those. Is that the thing where, you know, how many books did you borrow? How many DVDs? Yeah. And they tell you, well, if you'd bought all those things, it would have cost you mm-hmm. a lot of money. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that's, I don't think that's the way to go, really. I try to, I try to go for more, like, just good connections with people. I, I think that's key, at least in working with teens, is... Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're excited by all this cool free stuff and the neat programs that we have, but at the end of the day, they'll grow up and they won't really remember that stuff, but if, like, some older white guy like me, you know, takes the time out of their day to say hello and ask them how their day is doing and 
watch soccer with them, which mm -hmm. we do here at the library, then I think that goes a long way. Okay. You mentioned older white guy. Yes. A lot of your teens are, are younger and obviously but not white. Yes. Where, what, what's that like? Where are they coming from? So a lot of our kids are coming from uh, Somalia, Rwanda, Uganda, Kenya. Wow. Um, so we've got a lot of that. Uh, what's it like? Um, I mean, not only did you move here from another state. Yes, I, I moved here from Pennsylvania, so I'm not a Mainer. They're not Mainers, so I think we had that common thread of we're new to Maine and we don't really understand this place, but we're <laughs> trying. Um, I also think it, it was definitely sort of we had to like earn each other's trust. Mm -hmm. um, they had to learn that I just wasn't some weird dude who hangs around at a desk mm -hmm. and talks to them every once in a while. And I had to really learn about their culture, um, what makes them excited, what, like, what really drives them to wake up every day in the morning, uh, you know? Mm -hmm. And I found it, a lot of the teens, they just really wanted to be talking to each other, connecting to each other, mm -hmm. talking about soccer, video games, those kind of things. I mean, it's, when it comes down to it, it's all sort of like typical teen things. They just want to talk, have somebody to listen to them. You know, I do my best to pick up a few uh, words from their languages. Sometimes they're uh, silly words, but, you know, <laughs> it makes the teens laugh. Mm -hmm. uh, they giggle when they know I can say poop and pee and, um, what's the, and, uh, I can't think of their language. Which one? Somali, Somali. Somali. I can say poop and pee in Somali and, um, the teens love that. Like when I said it to them one day, out of the blue, they were just like, dropped dead on the floor laughing, <laughs> and it 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 totally broke like a wall down. They're like, okay, you're cool. Mm -hmm. You're cool enough to take the time out to learn. So tell us about some of these programs that you've been doing, you know, interacting and getting the kids to create and learn things. So what? We, what give me some examples. Um, they're all very simple, very bare bones programs where. Uh, we just set up a few things and we make something. Like, for example, last summer we made hip-hop music mm -hmm. in the teen study rooms. And basically I got a local hip-hop artist to come in. She talked to one of her friends who gave them some instrumental tracks. Mm -hmm. And for four weeks, um, one day a week, one day a week for four weeks, the kids came in and they just sort of talked about music, wrote lyrics, and then we'd hit record and then we'd record it. Mm -hmm. And then we'd put it up on a website and it was done. And um, one of the things I'm really excited about this summer is uh, we just sort of have an open call out to teens to bring in their artwork. Mm -hmm. and we'll scan it or take a picture or whatever and we're gonna put it up on our Tumblr. Uh -huh. And we're sharing it with a, um, a library in Connecticut, the Darien Library. So they're doing the same program. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of just collecting teen stuff, sharing it with each other to talk about you know, the differences in our communities. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really basically it. Um, I mean, we have a lot more programs, but the programs all boil down to like a simple, what can we do for you that's pretty easy to pull off and have some kind of a result. Mm -hmm. At this point, I asked Justin to tell me the story of the teen patron and the free drum set. That teen, we just sort of bonded over music. I, I knew he had a passion for playing drums. He'd come in with drumsticks all the time, mm -hmm. tap everything. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I knew he had been working with Santiago on making some hip-hop tracks, and he helped out last summer and made some hip-hop tracks here at the library. And um, I don't know, sometime 
this year, I just was like, wait, I have a drum kit. <laughs> uh, it wasn't anything special, but I have this drum kit that's in a storage unit, and you know, I, I live in a, a condo, and I'm never going to put this drum kit up because just I don't want to annoy everybody. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it to this kid who really wants to play drums all the time. So I did. Awesome. Yeah. yeah and I think he likes it. <laughs> I Apparently hope. so. Yeah. Yeah. So what, your previous life in which you were a drummer or... A musician, a musician. I guess. I, I, I was in a few bands and I wrote a few songs and yeah. I really wanted to... What was the band name? The band's name... I, I had two bands, Belzapador oh. and Zomo. <laughs> yes. So big in disease. In big in disease, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did that and uh, I just like making music and performing and mm-hmm. I was never really into the whole making money with music. I, I could never do it. it That's just, good because nobody you, seems to be doing nobody it. Nobody seems to be Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah. To a German library conference. It's the biggest library conference in Germany. Aktulieber. Aktulieber uh, Scheiße. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, I was invited there by a group called the Zuckenfestat. Uh, basically, that translates into future developers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a group of librarians and just cool people in Germany who want to get people used to social media, technology, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, one of the other things they do is gaming. They love to do gaming. And uh, they brought me over to talk about video games for five days. Wow. So that was kind of cool. That's the basic gist of it. Yeah. Christoph Dieg, who is the one of the heads of the Zuckenverstadt, myself and Eli Nyberger, mm-hmm. who is a very awesome person who works in a library up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He came up with something, uh, I can't remember the official name right now, it totally escapes me, but it's a gaming league. So basically, uh, players can connect, post scores, we can have tournaments against each other and keep rankings and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So we're doing a German-American video gaming league. We've we've chosen like basic Nintendo Wii games like Mario Kart, which is simple to play, right. um, and like Wii Bowling, mm-hmm. where we can keep track of statistics. And we're gonna do a big tournament. I'm not sure of exactly when it's gonna start, but soon enough. And um, the winners from Germany are actually gonna be brought over to the states, so we can play games with them wow. in the library sometime soon. You think you're gonna do this librarian thing for? Is this a career or is this something you, you might move on from? I, I hope it's a career because I do have it tattooed on have, me. You do have well, you have the <laughs> tattoo on one arm of I think the first few notes of "God Only Knows" by the Beach Boys. Yes. And on the other arm, you have a li- I guess that's it's, a librarian with a book. Yeah, that's the sort of the library road sign symbol. Yeah. And um, in case you need yeah. to pull over and find a librarian. Exactly. That's, that's, that's me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it could just yeah. be you know this is my I read books. Tattoo. This could be, yeah. You know, if you move on to something Exactly. Else. Uh, I think there will always be that librarian part of me mm-hmm. um, that remembers my training and what I've done in libraries. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I guess I sort of see the whole librarian role is transforming more into like a, I don't want to say communi- community manager, community expert sort of thing. Resource. Community resource. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just somebody that people can go to in the community for something uh-huh. you know uh, I just happen to be into video games and music and hanging out really mm-hmm. and you know hang out with teens especially that's sort of a odd skill to have but I guess a lot of people don't have it 
some sort of lucky. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I'd be totally more than happy if if libraries became a place where we didn't really loan out things, mm -hmm. but we reshaped our identity to be a place where people came to learn things or um, what do I want to say? Be immersed in something like. Mm -hmm to experience something more like experience based I'd be totally cool with that hmm. that would be sort of like my dream library of the future where you, you just sort of came in and said today let's record a song okay. and I would help you write a song or hmm. record a, you know just something like that yeah since Justin had mentioned his songwriting skills and I had noticed that there was a backpacker guitar in the corner of his office I asked if he would be so kind as to close out the interview with a song well, this is a song called You Are a Light, and I wrote it when I was like 25, and um, I don't know, it's always stuck with me, like it's being one of those songs that I've been proud of. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you for breaking in my podcast. Oh, no. I I'm the first? Yes. Hot dog. Yeah. Well, that's it for this episode of Periodic Mood Swings. I want to extend my thanks to Justin the Librarian. You can find him at justinthelibrarian.com or behind the teen desk at the Portland Public Library in the original Portland and still the superior one in many ways. Uh, you should go check out Felicia Day at geekandsundry.com or you can find the guild on Netflix and various other places. Uh, if you want to check in with me, the blog that I type my thoughts into is periodicmoodswings.com. And before long, I'll be back with another podcast, probably with this woman I know who makes a living with nothing but her mouth. It's not what you think, unless you can read my mind, in which case, don't do that. All right, we'll see you next time on Periodic Mood Swings. Y'all be cool.